We could technically just start whenever. We this can all be intro. I mean, this is gonna be edited we're, out. We're probably not gonna include this. This is this is the part where I say this is gonna be edited out, and then we don't edit it out. I mean, we probably should edit it out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Judge and Jury episode three. three. Yeah, we're on our third right now. We are in the third set of our Judge and Jury block, which means we're in we're the, done now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The the second one was terrible because that's how that goes, yeah. and the third one will be okay. Yeah, but then we'll start, we'll shift to the two block paradigm soon, right? I hope so. All right. That is a little bit loud. Thank you, Connor, with the background noise. Okay. Um, as always, this is Dylan Moore here, and I'm joined by Jerry Jumalon. Wonderful. Uh, we are here at the wonderful Galaxy Games in downtown Deland, Florida. About an hour before FNM, just everyone setting up here, having a good time. Jury could not find parking to save his life. It, it, there wasn't even an event running here. Like yesterday, we had the music. There was something going on. It was like a music festival last weekend. Streets were blocked off today. Yeah, and it took me like half an hour to find parking. This time, it took me like 10, 15 minutes, but it was still took a while. I don't know why it's so busy. This right. is my favorite magic podcast that's also a parking podcast. Yeah, I love parking. <laughs> so, for the next half hour, we're going to be talking about parking. If everyone's looking forward to that. Okay. Um, and the Friendly Mulligan plug. Yes, uh, we both run a Tumblr blog called Friendly Mulligan. You can get it at, you can reach it at friendlymulligan.tumblr.com. You can't actually get it. It's digital. You can't, you can download the web pages if you want. The physical print copy hasn't hit the streams yet, but we'll get there. We'll, we'll find a way. We'll make a book. And if it's not proof enough that we're at a game store right now, I'm currently sleeving up the deck I'm going to play tonight. It looks pretty bad, but you have a foil um, gain land. I know. That's pretty good. The the Dylan strategy of play the deck that you have one of foils to play. I like it. Yeah. Okay, so tonight we are talking about us. Yes, about us. Yeah, that will, that will be our main topic, the little bit about our casters to give you some background information, and then we're going to transfer in and talk a little bit about cube, cube drafting, and cubing in general. What is a cube? How many sides does it have? We will find it out. It has six. You, you had to think about that more than I thought you would have to think about Could that. Could you answer that, though, quickly? Honestly? I have good spatial reasoning. Do you? Honestly, yeah. How many sides does a three-dimensional dodecahedron have? I don't even know what a dodecahedron is. It's 12-sided. Okay, so let me think then. Is it 12 sides? No, but you have to make it 3D. What does so, that even mean? So you make it 3D, like you take a, a square and you make it 3 Now we're at geometry. So it's podcast. Like 12 times 12? No, because 4 times 4 doesn't equal 6. It could. But it doesn't. Anyways, okay. we're, we're... Alright, cubes. Magic podcast. Yeah. Um, so we can go ahead and get into our first topic. I've pulled uh, some questions... Uh, that are just general magic questions to sort of guide us through tonight, and I think they give us just a good background. So yeah, we'll start... I like that'll give us gives you guys, the listeners, a little bit of perspective of how we're seeing magic. Yeah, which will hopefully be interesting. Yeah, this will either be our best show or our worst show. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, so we can start with a very simple question: yeah. What is your favorite color, Jerry? in the magic color pie of deliciousness, as baked by Morrow and Richard Garfield. Well, PhD. PhD. If you follow us on Friendly Mulligan, you should probably... Friendly Mulligan plug number two. Plug counters up to two. You should probably know our favorite colors by now. Mine is white. I like white. Mm. I will play any color in combination with white, basically. Disgusting. What do you you like about white, Jerry? I like soldiers. (laughs) I like angels. I like... 
I like just the feel. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like the philosophy behind it? Sort of. Yeah. Like I fight for the group. Yes, I enjoy it. Not like it's it's enough, but not not so much like communal green. I don't like green that much. So you don't like green white. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, green is just so close to white. If you I liked white, I'd figure you'd like green. And for like, I just don't like green white. I don't know why. It's weird because like. I guess blue is technically my least favorite Great. color. Good, terrible choice. If not, but... Wrong with you. But I like blue-white better than green-white. Okay. Just nothing about green-white appeals to me. Do you like Bant? No, I just like Bant. Bant's like the... Okay, we'll get there. I like the, the, the idea and the, the theme and the aesthetic of Bant, but I don't like... I don't like its we'll, mechanics. We'll, we'll get, you'll there. get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And my favorite color, I mean, is it a, the Eternal All Star Blue? I mean, you can like blue if you want to. Is it? I mean, in my opinion, it's smart to like blue. I the best color easily. I'll let you like blue. I mean, it's. I think what I like is that it's the color that tends to give you the most choices, and I like options in gameplay. Not to say, I mean, a red deck wins deck will have a lot of choices in it, but blue gives you a lot of sort of long-term decisions in your gameplay. Yeah, I mean, with cards like Brainstorm and Ponder and yeah. all that good stuff, you, you, get a, you get to see a lot of cards, and, and seeing cards yeah. leads to a lot of decisions. You won't win by drawing cards, but dang it, I can try. So, Jury. Yes. What got you into Magic? Um... Well, do we want the whole long story? We want to like make this uh, super short? We've got a bit of questions. We do. We'll we'll make this super short. Give me like short medium. Okay. Um. So we have a mutual friend called Hayden. Oh God. And Hayden is actually what got me into Magic. I remember I'm him. So sorry. I remember him bringing his really really bad old decks and just playing with them. Those things were sweet though. Oh man, there's he had like the birds, the Avens, with the white deck and yeah. like the. Make them remove from battle and stuff yeah. like that. They had like a weird. What are they theme. called? Gust cloaks. Yeah, Long the cloak? gust cl- gust cloak. I think Avens? it's gust cloak. I think it is gust yeah. cloak. That card was sweet. I wish that ability would see a resurgence. I I enjoy the untap and remove from combat yeah. idea. You it's, think I'm attacking? I'm not attacking. It is a shame that we're not seeing. I don't think we've seen any cards like that in the recent era of Magic. But I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's, it's. I think in uh, they they snuck one into like Commander 2014. I think, I think yeah, or something like that. Something just a just a throwback. But I would love to see that in in standard Magic. It's an interesting take on White's color pie that yeah. we don't see a lot of, and for sure, it's it it leads to some pretty interesting type combat. Yeah. So you you start playing these awful decks, and what do you like about the game? I just I just enjoy it. Like I I played. A little bit of Pokemon and a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, like briefly, I wasn't ever super into TCGs, but Magic just really hit this the sweet spot of I'm enjoying a lot of the things going on. Yeah, it was just really fun. I like the I love the art. I feel yeah. I like the aesthetics. I just enjoyed playing the game. It was and it, the more you play it, the more you understand it, and just the more interesting it gets. Those were definitely good times back in the dorm with our very simple Magic rule set yeah. of us trying to figure out the game. I remember when we, I first, so this was during, I think is this a question? This is a question. Uh, so, before we get into that, I guess, what got you into Magic, Dylan? Well, I was in high school and I was in a band. A band? A rock and roll band. And, About uh, Magic? No. Alice. You're not a Magic-themed rock and roll <laughs> That's band. That's really disappointing. Tragically. Um, but 
the two other guys in the band both played Magic, so during, like, in-between jam session, they, they whipped out their decks and started going at it, which is the best sentence that's yeah. ever been on this podcast. And uh, whew, we're going to come down from that. Um, it just looked so much fun. One guy had a goblin deck, and the other guy had a uh, sliver deck. Oh, and oh. it was, like, when you're, when you're just starting out at Magic, what's cooler than Tribal fights? Tribal? I still like Tribal. It's, Honestly, Tribal is one of my favorite things to build. I'm, I'm oh, playing yeah. Eldrazi Tribal currently in Standard, so like, I understand. Tribal is just so enticing, and that, that got me into the game. So I started playing with them. I went out and I picked up a, uh, I think it was a Lorwyn starter deck at the time. This was like six, seven years ago. And it was the blue-white starter deck, and that was my first deck. Good the times. blue white Lorwyn. That explains a lot. I didn't yeah. know it was the blue white Lorwyn starter deck. That deck was. I knew you started excellent. in Lorwyn. I knew you like blue white, but that. Yeah. That, that gets I, a lot more context. There's there's part of me that fear because I know I did a Lorwyn draft at some point. Yeah. So there's part of me that just like fears that I passed cryptic commands. <laughs> it it might have happened. I mean, there's a lot of text in that card, and as a new player, yeah, it's like I don't like I want to read this. Give me the big beater. I still don't like. During this a little bit into the cube, I guess I'll explain it later. But I didn't. I don't really read cards in cubes either. If they have too much text, that's I'm a just, good strategy. I'm just like I'm just gonna glance over this and go on to the next card. Give me Armageddon with the three words of destroy yeah, all destroy lands. lands. I, sweet Armageddon, sweet. I love Armageddon. The less words, the better. Yeah. Let's, I guess like populate was the one card that had the fewest words on it. Yeah. It was actually just one word. That was the one mana white populate. Card. Yeah. And was it called just Populate? I don't think it was just called Populate. Uh, it was definitely not just called Populate, but yeah. it just had one word. Populate. Populate. Just do it. Yep. Excellent. So, I guess that kind of leads to the next question. Like, So, Lorwyn came out six, seven years ago. And something that's, like that. That's when you started playing. Yeah, and you started playing like four, it was three and a three, half. four, something like that. It's when Innistrad basically came out. Because I remember getting back home for... I visited home for a holiday, mm-hmm. and I was like, Janelle, he's my older brother. I'm like, Janelle, we should play Magic. And we got a whole bunch of Innistrad fat packs, and we, we got oh. cards. That's where I got literally four Thalias. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. That fat pack had three non-foil Thalias and a fourth foil Thalia. It was That's, a sign from the gods of what you were meant to do in I this I was world. like, all right, I'm okay with this. Thalia seems pretty sweet. <laughs> and then you never look back from White Weenies. Nope. Yeah, that was, those were good times. I know we, uh, we started off with some like Innistrad and M... 13 drafts, I guess they were. M12? Um, M11? Man, I don't even know what... So, in this was three, four years ago? Yeah. 2013? It's probably M13. 20, M13? Because they're a year ahead. Yeah, the only one I remember for sure was the um, Addison Restored draft we did. Yeah. That was an interesting mess, because I don't... That, that was not That very, set is not the best, it's not in, the in best. so many words. So, drafting it just as, like, eight guys trying to have fun was a mess. I think I played um, Vigilante Justice.deck. Oh, man. Vigilante Justice. If you're not familiar with that card, that was the, the red enchantment built around me for that block. Yeah. So, you have things like, what's the Molten... What's the one for the Eldrazi and current battle for Zendikar? Molten Nursery. Molten Nursery, yeah. where you play color spells and you get to ping things. Yeah. Vigilante Justice was when a human enters the battlefield, you can ping things. And I, yeah. I ran... I ran every human token-related card. I mean, with, like, Thatcher Revolt and Gather the Towns. Thatcher Revolt was so sweet. That car- Thatcher you- Revolt was insane if you had a Vigilante Justice oh down. Gosh. I love Vigilante Justice. Yeah. Good times. What I remember from our early drafts were uh, 
when we drafted, I guess it was probably M13, and a Thundermaw Hellkite wheeled around the table. I remember, because I was drafting I was drafting straight white, I didn't know how to draft, I was just like, I'll just pick all the white cards. This leaded me to handing, I ended up with like three Pillarfield Oxes. Can't lose. But at this point, I remember seeing the Thundermaw Hellkite, and I think there was a fourth Pillarfield Ox in that hand. And mm, the choice. And I was like, I'm not really in red, but I don't need a fourth pillar field. You could have had the playset. I guess I'll just get this cool looking dragon. Turns um, out the card's like $30 at the time and none yeah. of us knew. Yep. Great! I didn't even run the dragon. I was like, I don't need a dragon. I'm playing white. Yeah. Mono white. Mono white draft. I don't know how to draft. Yeah. Man. Good good early magic days. Get on to more, some, yeah. some more questions here. Jerry, what is your favorite Ravnica guild? We skipped the favorite card. Oh, what is your favorite... Magic card. Surprisingly, maybe not not so surprising to you, but mm-hmm. but I just mentioned it earlier. Thalia, the lady. Yeah, the guardian of Thraven. The eternal waifu. Yeah, she's she's just encapsulates everything I enjoy oh, about yeah. white. The taxing, the weenie, the I, I see that aggressive aspect. Yeah, I just enjoy Thalia. Yeah, it's all wrapped up in one nice white weenie package. Plus Innistrad, I love Innistrad. Yeah. I love the flavor of Innistrad. And her art's really sweet. Her art's sweet. Her just, promo art was terrible. I like the promo art. It's her face. Sorry. It is her face. That is the creature she is. She's that's, Thalia's face. That's fine. I, I summon Thalia's face. I like it. It's okay to not like it. It's not okay I to like, like it. it, though. It's definitely okay to like it. Dylan, what's your favorite card? Oh, I actually I wrote these questions. I didn't even think of these beforehand. So this is going to take <laughs> some thinking. I actually read through all of these, and I had like an answer on the spot. Dang. Okay. I know the answer to all of these. You're ahead of me. Um, uh, I could probably say, uh, after stalling to think of something, probably Delver. Delver is a good card. Good old broken Delver. Yeah, 3-2 for, for one mana. That flies. He has so many layers for for a common. I think yeah. he's a common. He is a common, because Del- you can play Delver and Popper. Yeah, that's right. They're, Delver's like tier one and Popper. Like... It's insane how how many layers he has, because he's an early threat, he's in blue, which means you can get him out early, then protect him, and he wants you to play a lot of instants and sorceries. Like, that is a deck. Yeah. That is a deck done. He, he came out with a deck. The deck is called Delver. Yeah. It was played in lots of formats. He went pretty rampant for a while when he <laughs> came out in multiple formats, yep. easily. Delver's a good card. Oh yeah, he's an excellent card, and just a really, really cool card. So yep. that'd be my choice. Both Innistrad cards, nonetheless. Innistrad was a good set. No, it was. That proves anything. Innistrad was a good set. I'm not surprised we're returning to it so soon, to be honest. It was terribly popular. I'm excited, but I'm I'm, I'm going to hold my breath. How are you not... I love Innistrad. Okay. But, I mean, I'm sure people... I've heard all the people who loved Zendikar were a little bit disappointed in battle. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, as long as they don't gimp the power level, we'll see. Like, honestly, I'm fine with gimping the power level. It's more of the flavor. I think the flavor... I mean, they've been doing fine with flavor. I don't think there's anything to worry about. Think, like, the biggest issue I found with Zendikar was mm-hmm. I just... The allies felt like they had no flavor, and I had, I had zero cares about allies. That's true. The fact that I didn't have that much cares before yeah. in old Zendikar, like, those allies, and I have less now, and the allies now are even less flavorful there's, than they were They're still Oath coming, so you never know. Yeah, they could, maybe. They could be ramped up on the flavor. We'll see. Alrighty. So the question I was trying to get to, what yes. is your favorite Ravnica guild? Uh, Boros. Boros? Boros. Boros? Boros. We gotta go strong. Go strong? Boros Assemble Fist? Assemble the Legions. Assemble the Legions. That is a sweet card. Assemble the Legions is my... 
one of my pet cards. I love Assembly Leaves. If there was anything to get me to play Boros, it would be that. Like, the days in Standard when that was a win condition and Jeskai Control, those were good days. Assemble Legions was, was a win condition and just a... It was, it was the perfect level of... It kind of is slow and does nothing, mm-hmm. but then, then it's just like I have an army. You get muster counters. Muster, muster counters. Muster counters. I love Assemble Legions. As someone who likes the idea of building an army, and that's why I play a lot of it, is build, playing white and playing tokens. That'll like make that, an army. That... That will make an army by itself. Not very well. What's your graphic guild? I know the answer to this, but yeah, it's uh, is it? 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 It is. It is. It is. The close second would be Simic. Close second. Surprise, and then second? a close third is Azorius. I thought I thought Azorius would be your second. You'd be. It's it shifted a bit. I don't know. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but Simic has sweet flavor, and I like that. Simic but, is pretty cool. But is it is where it is. It is 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 it. What do you like about is it? Wizards! Wizards? As our good friend Andrew would say. Wizards. But, but like, Bant has, like, bird wizards. They have... Bant has wizards. Is it has okay. wizards! Alright, I see, I see what you're doing. Yeah. That's... Uh, like, the flavor that they, they managed to capture with is it's just beautiful. Things like, uh... What's the guy that blows himself Whoa. up? Goblin Test, Test Pilot? Oh, what beautiful flavor. What a card that did nothing but was just loved by everyone. Have you heard the story of how it was created? I don't. I don't think so, actually. So they were in a Ravnica design, or I guess it was Dragon's Maze design meeting. Yeah. And Maro was nodding off, falling asleep. And instantly, he, he wakes up and he's, he's Goblin Test Pilot. He has the whole design in his head. Because that's, that's what Maro thinks. Yep. That, I'm not surprised that yeah. that would come from Maro after he just literally dozed off. Yeah. Test Pilot is not Test Pilot's cool. I, I like Test Pilot. It's a magic card. It's technically a magic card. Yeah. So, oh man, we have a lot of stuff. We do. Uh, ja, ja, ja. I guess we can give about us, like, five more minutes? Ten more minutes? Uh, what are we at now? We've been at this for about 18, 18 minutes. Yeah, we can give, like, ten minutes. Don't we normally do, like... Yeah, we do, like, 40, 45. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess we'll... Well, we can blow through these then. What is your favorite Alara shard? Uh, I don't pick any of the Alara shards. None of them? I honestly don't. None of them. What's Bant's the white aligned one? Bant is white aligned, and I and I love I love this deck. I like the art. I like their sigils. I like the knights. They ride giant lions. They sure. ride giant lions, which is sweet. Yeah. But I don't like their gameplay and their mechanics. And Exalted. Exalted. Right? It's not as exciting as a mechanic could be, I, I grant you, but it's it's a solid mechanic for a solid shard. Uh, it's it's an okay mechanic, but I don't know. It's just it's it's good. I I played ex- I saw one who played it the exalted deck during. Oh yeah. Uh, Innistrad Ravnica standard. Yeah. That was Craig Wesco's Boros Weenies deck. <laughs> Shout out to the man himself. Yeah, Craig Wesco, my favorite pro player. That's not a question, but Craig Wesco. It is a question. Like, is it? Yeah. Oh, I might have missed that. Yeah, we'll get there. All right. You can praise Craig, Craig Wesco in due time, Jerry. All right. Um, but I, I exalt it's fine. Yeah. I just don't, but nothing else about Bant gameplay mechanic wise interests me. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, For me, it, Bant would probably be my favorite on Bant? the counter. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What about Bant do you like? The aesthetic. Just everything about it. It's yeah, so beautiful. I agree. I agree. The aesthetic yeah. is amazing. Oh, I, yeah. I love the, the just, like, it's kind of like high fantasy medieval exactly. knights. And the, all the knights are oh, yeah. awesome. All their armor is super cool. 
but like I said, I just I don't like playing it. I can see your point, but you're wrong. Am I? Yes. It's interesting that neither of us are like Jund or Esper guys, I guess. I just... Honestly, if I had to pick one, Esper might be really higher than, than Band. Esper? Esper would be higher than Band. I like their cool artifact thing. I like I like their aesthetic too. The Esper aesthetic is super cool. Their lands, remember the lands with the grids in the sky? Those were cool. Those were, those were super, yeah, super yeah. sweet. That's some argument for Esper. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. What is your favorite Tarkir clan? Mardu. <laughs> well, that was fast. Yeah. Um, fast is like, a Mardu. Like the Mardu. Yeah. Um, Mardu, 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 Mardu. I like, I like Boros. Mm-hmm. I like Borzov. Mm-hmm. What happens when you put them together? Borzov. You get Borzov or Mardu or Boros the Avenger, whatever so, you want to call it. This was pretty recent. Um, were you disappointed with the name that Mardu was given as Mardu? Or not, do you think it fits them? Not really. I wasn't really disappointed. I'm, I'm not... Super huge in name. I don't think it's the best name ever, but I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not particularly like. Uh, it could be better. It's, it's a was, fine name. What was the placeholder name beforehand? Dega. Dega? I like Dega. Dega. That whole slew of uh, wedge names had its own issues, but mm-hmm. I had been using Dega for a little bit right before Tarkir came out. Yeah. Because I knew I was, I was so on the it's going to be a wedge block <laughs> yeah. train. I I had you convinced. Oh yeah. I, I was so certain of it, so I'd been like, man, Dega's great. And yeah. they came out with Mardu, I'm like, that's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. What is yours? Easily, Jeskai. I, American I Ninja I Warriors, Jeskai. Like, what more could you want? Um, Nothing is the answer. Zero things more. We could, like, change blue with black. Uh, actually, I, I do know what you could want. You could want a good charm. If you had a good charm... <laughs> That was, like, I love the Jess guy, and I love the flavor and, and everything, but God, I was really pulling for a good charm. Marty, the Marty charm isn't much better. Not much better. I mean, like, charm power rankings are, like, Abzan, uh, Soltai, Mardu, Jess guy, Teamer. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not about right. Yeah. Temer. Teamer. Temer? Teamer. It runs with Teamer. That's okay. what I said. That's good. That makes me happy. Yep. I don't like Temer. I don't like Temer either. Okay. Yeah. No, Jess guy is absolutely excellent. The flavor is spot on, but the charm, the poor, poor charm. Like, don't get me wrong, I've played it, but it's not, it doesn't have Mandalik on it. Somehow, t- Teamer Charm got that, and I don't... I, if they just, they, they, could have, they could have given it to they you. Could, they could have given it something. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. And we can skip some of these. What is the non-basic land card that you have the most copies of? See, I read this and I was confused, because... Any card that's a non-basic land. Probably, Not land. Yeah, probably like Evolving Wilds. I have a... Really? Because they came up every set. That's true. Basically every set. Yeah. And so I just, from all the, the packs I've opened mm-hmm. and all the drafts I've done, I've just... That makes sense. Gathered a bunch of Evolving Wilds. And it's not something you... I mean, you don't trade it away or give it to a shopper, and it's something you hang on to, because yeah. you, you can play in Evolving Wilds. You can play in Evolving Wilds every once in a while. You yeah. played Evolving Wilds. Yeah. I've played Evolving Wilds. Can, it's a card. It's a, it gets a land. Yeah. What about other than Evolving Wilds? Terramorphic Expanse. Wow! Really? Because <laughs> that was like, that was before Evolving Wilds became what they decided to print. Fair Terramorphic enough. Terramorphic Expanse was everywhere. And Fair was, enough. Had a bunch of those. For me, I think it's probably the, uh... What is the Jeskai 3-4 flyer that gives your creature's lifelink when you cast oh, a non-creature? the bad one. The bad 3-color rare? It's like Lotus. Yeah, the bad 3-color rare. 
Uh, I don't even know. Whatever that thing is called. I, yeah. Because the, the Nazi Drino. Three yeah. Just a tiny bit worse than C Drino as far as things go. And that's I had Butcher Ford. Butcher Ford was pretty That's sick. fine. Butcher was a good card. I like yeah. Butcher. Still sees fringe play. Not yeah. terrible. Not terrible at all. But yeah, that's just from doing a lot of cons and fate drafting and having that card pass repeatedly. And it's good enough to play in limited. It is good enough to play in limited. Honestly, and if you're already in that colors. Yeah. If you're already in those colors, and I, I suspect you were. Yeah, I mean, how up. can you not be? Lifelink goes a long way in limited. It's, when you give your team lifelink, it's, it's not bad. Not not playing it in a constructed deck anytime soon. Which of these questions do you want to do, Jerry? Um, let me not say um into the mic. Um, um, favorite artist. Favorite artist. I think I know yours, Rebecca Guai. Yes, you're you're right on. Not Rebecca Guai is my favorite magic artist. What do you like about her? I just love her style. Oh it's, yeah, it's very. It's very, I don't know how to It's very painterly it. and soft. Not, not so much like the painterly and softness, but it's very, like, Celtic Irish-y. Yeah, yeah. And I like that, I like that a lot, because yeah. it's, 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 it's honestly really beautiful. Her yeah. art is gorgeous, and seeing them in magic cards just adds that much more of, oh man, I get to play these really sweet cards with, like, really great art. Yeah. And just... Like her path to exile promo. Oh, beautiful! I need a playset of those soon. Like really, it gave new meaning to the card. Yeah, that card, that art, that yeah. card, the everything. Rebecca Guay, yeah, hands down, very talented artist for sure. I'm I'm glad she's still actively making pieces. I wish more of her art would work her way into standard sets, but we'll take what we can get. Yeah, I think the problem is they they have definitely shifted to a more unified art style. Yeah, and Rebecca Guay doesn't follow that unified art style. But I'll Sadly. I'll take a reprint or a Mansur. Yeah. And, and Origins, if, yeah. if and, that's what it takes. And sure. when, when we get to that that new fairy tale tale plane that will probably come out eventually, return to Lorwyn. I don't know if it'll be that as much as I would like it. Lorwyn's just kind of it's it's dumped. It's dry as far as the plane goes. <laughs> it has been sucked dry from flavor, in my opinion at least. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to get a new fantasy plane somewhere in the future, and she'll have plenty of pieces to do for that. I'm sure. The whole mythology behind Faye and that sort of stuff is very interesting. Oh, it, it has is. a lot of depth. So yeah, yeah, it does. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Who's your favorite artist? Uh, not as much of an art buff as far as magic cards when it comes to you, but I'd probably say Noah Bradley. I like Noah Bradley. He, he just consistently does good work. Very solid work, and I, I like how he interacts with the community. Yes, he's super huge in the magic TCG uh, Reddit. Yeah. Reddit. And I don't know if you saw his recent post with the Super huge printing. All oh, the steam vents. Yeah, the steam vents are super beautiful. Huge. That was that was really cool. I think it's gonna auction for so much money. Well, it's actually a print. Like he's. A, oh, it's a, a print. Com- yeah, a company oh. wanted to do super mega large prints of his works. Oh man. And there, I guess that was like a test run. I'm like, wow, I gotta get one money, of those. I would, I would put a print up in my freaking place. Yeah. I put it in my office. I. Oh yeah. That'd be great. He's he does really beautiful work and. Like, there's no reason for an artist not to interact with a community that's yeah. as good as the magic community. And he, he's very vocal and takes feedback very well. So, he's my favorite. I like Noah Bradley. That's good. Yeah. I, and I was so glad that he finally did a planes in uh, uh, Battle for Zendikar. Oh. Yeah. Which, I don't remember which planes. It's the really beautiful one. I probably 
It's here somewhere. It's a really, like, yellow one. Okay. I know you've mentioned it before, but I've never actually taken a look at it. <laughs> it's so good. And I like that color yellow on planes. I like anything that isn't the white planes color. <laughs> Fair enough. I just like art where the color isn't the same color as the print. Yeah. So, where do we... What's a good finishing question? Um... What's your? Why don't we just do like a generic? What's your favorite format? That's good. That's good. Jerry, what is your favorite? What's, format? I asked. What's your favorite? You format? first. I could. I I couldn't. You what first. You, couldn't? you first. <sighs> yeah. Now you have to think. Get wrecked. Because I didn't actually. This wasn't actually a question. We had like three different questions. There is a question that's like this on here. There's three different. It was like competitive, casual, and then something else. Could have done your homework. Could have done your homework. I didn't think about just overall favorite. Well, maybe you get a bad grade on this homework. Do I? Um, honestly, I might have to say sealed. Sealed? I love sealed. Like, like your six pack new set sealed? Yeah. Yeah. Sealed is sweet. Sealed is. Is the. In, like, yeah, you get bad pulls, and it's not. You can't manipulate it with your scale as much as draft. Yeah. But sealed has its own set. Well, Sometimes you just get a bad pool, but you have to you have to make it work. Yeah, the, you, there's you, no you coming out of there without yeah. a deck. There's no redoing. You can't just be like, "Can I get a new seal pool?" You got to work with what you got, and I enjoy that. Yeah. I enjoy working with what I get. If I have a bad pool, I can play the best I can, and yeah. that's good enough. And there's definitely a lot of skill that goes into being able to decipher what deck you're going to play. Exactly, and that's that's the huge thing is looking at it and being able to say. What is the best deck I can yeah. play from this pile of cards? And that's honestly not as straightforward as people think. No, no. Maybe Sealed is a difficult format. Maybe you have one or two bombs in one color, but nothing to get there. Yeah, no no mid-game. Sometimes you splash, sometimes you just can't play those bombs. Because yeah. you just don't have the support for it. Yeah. And as, as far as gameplay goes, it does tend to be a slower format, too. Yeah, and that lets you, that lets you fudge around a little bit, yeah. even when you, you do have nothing good. Yeah, unless you pull like the six sealed pool aggro deck. Which does happen every once in a while, or or you're against the person who pulled like the best sealed cards, and you're just like nothing I can do against. Yeah, this works. I gotta beat fast or lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sealed is definitely a good format. Me, me, you say? Yes. Oh well, uh, I would have to say cube drafting in general. Which actually goes well into you. our next format, or next segment, I should say. You really led into that one, didn't you? But even honestly, drafting cube, any cube, really is just my pick. Being able to just sort of craft a draft environment to what you want it to be. Powerful cards, unpowerful cards, cards of this type, cards of that type, blends for very interesting gameplay and tough decisions, and is something that you don't get every day in Magic. Yeah, and I, I enjoy that you can just build a cube that caters to different archetypes like exactly. whatever archetype like there for sure there are different archetypes in magic that just don't see enough development and you can build a cube oh, around yeah. these type of archetypes like i think someone mentioned once with the, the commander decks the red white one they're mm -hmm. looking forward towards a more like red white control type stuff and you can yeah. you can build a cube whose archetype of red white supports like red white control type assemble deck. the legion assemble the legion yeah Great, great control card. In yeah. a cube, no one's going to be running into removal. Exactly. We'll have one maybe main board. Oh, and yeah. If, if that, yeah. you win with Assemble the Legions. Exactly. And that, that leads very well into our next topic. What is a cube? Six sides? It's a 
six-sided geometric shape. Eight edges. Eight, no, no, eight corners. Yeah, I was about to say, not eight edges. It's, uh, uh, it's 12 edges. Is it, is it eight edges? No, because it's four, four, and then one, two, three, four. Yeah, it's 12 edges. One, two, three, four. Two faces. No, yeah, 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 you're right. Okay. It's eight. Or, no, no, it's 12. You're technically right. Yeah. Technically right. Technically, that's correct. Yes, yes. So, cubing when it comes to magic means something different. Um, it means it is a limited set in which all the cards have been picked for this set. Basically, think of it as drafting a set of your own creation created out of magic cards that may or may not already exist. Sometimes they're cards that don't exist, but usually they're cards that already exist. Yeah. That's a very convoluted explanation of what a cube is. It's, it's hard Probably. to describe simply, actually, now that I think of it. It's, it's Imagine building a limited set. Yeah. And that's it. You, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a limited set, mm -hmm. so like drafting or sealed or whatever, yeah. that someone constructed. Yeah. More often than not, it'll be drafted in the typical three, car, three packs of 15 cards, one pick at a time, draft style, but sometimes sealed events are done with yeah, cubes as well. Yeah, and there are different ways to draft as well. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's just a self-constructed limited set. So what makes a cube fun and interesting, Jerry? We, we kind of discussed this a little bit already, but yeah. the, I love that we can explore archetypes that isn't traditionally supported by Wizards. Like, oh, yeah. Move a little bit away from the blue-black mill. <laughs> oh, what a shame. I know, I know we... I want to play my blue-black mill deck, Jerry. You can build a cube to do that if you really, really Sweet. want to. Sweet. Excellent. But... We get to do some interesting things with blue black every once in a while. Yeah, and it lets you really push things to extremes. Like, probably the most popular cube is the, uh, they're calling it the, the Legacy Cube, I guess, on Magic Online now. I think so. Formerly the Holiday Cube, now the Legacy Cube, which is just basically all of the most powerful cards from Magic's history. Uh, from Alpha all the way up to whatever the most current set is, you'll see cards. And just all the most powerful cards, draft them, make a deck, play, play against other powerful decks. Which leads to interesting things, because in a format where everyone's powerful, maybe everyone's not as powerful. Yeah, and, and also there's just always the good... There's a good feeling when you draft those type of cubes. It's, hey, look at all these sweet cards. I get to pick one, and yeah. then move on and see another set of sweet cards. Exactly. And I as you're building these decks, when you're drafting these sort of power cubes, mm -hmm. it always feels good. Yeah. You're always just picking a good card, whereas versus, say, a normal limited draft event, sometimes you have to take, like, dredge. You just have to take the common or uncommon yeah. that you need. Like, you need a two-drop two-two. Yeah. That's what you have to take sometimes. Oh, man, I have to pass this soul ring because I'm, I have to take this dredge card. Yeah. What a, what a strange environment this is. It, it doesn't matter what you're taking in those in, in those environments because it's everything's so good and yeah. just really good to play. You obviously still want powerful cards, but depending on where you're going, it gives you a lot of interesting choices as yeah. you're drafting. and it becomes not so much how strong is this card individually, which is a lot of what drafting is, yeah. uh, especially during the beginning set, like the first few picks. Mm -hmm. It's a, what is the strongest card in this deck, but it becomes what is the strongest card in respect to what I've already drafted. Like You don't want to mm -hmm. be pulling, say, an Emrakul if you're you build a storm deck, like, that yeah. doesn't really help you anymore. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> when you hard cast that Emrakul, it sure does help you. <laughs> when you get to 15 mana in a storm deck, I'm sure you're going to win. Hey, I've... Someone, as someone who's played many half-cocked storm decks in the Legacy Cube online, sometimes you just want that Emrakul. 
if, you, if you say so. Maybe that wasn't the best. Because you, you pulled that one show and tell as well. And even though you're a storm deck, you have show and tell and Emrakul in your deck. And that just the, works. The alternative win condition. It just works. I believe it. Yeah. Which, of course, is another zany thing that can really only happen in an environment like this. You're not seeing a legacy deck do this. Yeah. Even though these are all legacy legal cards. I mean, you, you see show and tell decks. Yeah. It's a little bit different than that. Not show and storm. Yeah, show and storm. That's a deck I want to play in Storm legacy. and tell? I like Show and Storm. I like Storm and Tell, because Show already starts with an S, so you just play yeah, Storm. I guess that makes sense, but I like the alliteration. Show and Storm. Show and, show and Storm does have the alliteration, I'll give you that. Yeah, that's what I thought. Alright. Um, yeah, and on the opposite end, you can also build cubes with very, very low power level, and that'll make everyone value things differently. For example, the wonderful Dylan Moore Less is More cube which uh, Jury has had the pleasure of drafting a few times, as we've drafted a couple times here at Galaxy now. Though I don't think Jury's been here for any of them. I haven't been for the Galaxy ones. I've only been for your playtest type. What a shame. You've, yeah, you've... I, I know, I've missed out. I, every time, I'm just always busy during yeah. those weekends. But in any case, in, in this cube that I've built, that's my, my little baby, there are no cards printed at rare. So, as you can expect, the power level of cards kind of shifts. You're not looking for your soul rings anymore. You're looking for your 4-4 beaters to win a game. Isn't soul ring uncommon, though? Or at least an uncommon? Is it a rare? I don't think it's printed a rare, at least in commander sets. In the commander sets, it's, it's uncommon. uncommon. It's an uncommon was, was it, If only Tavis was here from last week, yeah. he would know if it was rare in Alpha. When it was originally printed. Yeah. God, it might be. I don't know. There's no, there's no scale of power back then. It could be a common, for all I know. Um, but in any case, yeah, it, it gives you an interesting choices in that you're really just fighting for a half-decent deck. Yeah. But honestly, like, there's a lot of good comments in Uncommon. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'd be surprised. Like, I've, I've played your cube, and there's, there's some good cards in there. Yeah. There's some definitely <laughs> solid picks. And having you as a playtester definitely pushed the uh, white archetypes, I can say. Yeah. As someone who, who loves white, um, the first few times we playtested his cube, I just didn't draft white. Mm -hmm. White was very weak, mm -hmm. honestly. It just... It was a support color, and yeah. and we'll, we went through a couple iterations, and you, I think you finally got down to white. Yeah, I think we got to white. what white wants to do between being a weenie color and being kind of a utility color. Yeah. Throwing in a bunch of double white mana creatures pushed you to playing a more white-heavy deck, Yeah. and that, that rewarded you for playing white. But yeah, and a link to this will, of course, be posted below the podcast somewhere, I'd assume. Are you so. going to post your, your tube list online? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Cool. So if you want to check it out, please do. Leave me any comments, feedback, subscribes, likes, favorites, dislikes, retweets, reblogs. Uh, Did you miss? MySpace posts you want about it. Uh, I think I think you covered, covered everything. Zanga. Zanga wall posts. I don't even know what Zanga is. You ever heard of Zanga? I've never heard of Zanga. Oh, what a shame. I, I feel like I've not missed out on anything you of value. You definitely missed out on something of no value. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a definite example of how the extremes can be pushed because you are, or you're playing something that has been a crafted limited environment for something in an extreme. Um, jury... Where can I draft a cube if I wanted to draft Legendary um, Cube? Well, not right now, but if I wanted to draft a cube, where would I go? Well, the first place would be MTGO. Yeah. They're, they have cubes. I don't know how their system works exactly. I'm not... You're the MTGO player here. I know of cubes, and I've, we've drafted cubes yeah. before. Remember when we drafted the Legendary Cube? The, yeah. Yeah, that... We, we drafted some sweet decks. The I'm White Weenies lie. deck? The White Weenies deck that almost got there. It, it was like 2-1. and one. It went 2-1. and one. I think one of the rounds the guy didn't show up, though, but still yes. technically 2-1. and one. 
But that was a sweet deck. We had like Mom, Skull. I remember because yeah, that's right. Game one, they they bolted Mom. Oh, turn one. The worst feeling when your mom gets bolted Which on turn was, one. Honestly, if if that mom if mom had stayed on board for a turn, yeah. we would have swiped that game. It's, we would just completely sweep the floor. That, our hand was great. Yeah. It's kind of hard to lose with mom on the board. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we've we drafted some sweet decks on MTGO, and I think when this comes out, the the legendary cube will probably still be online, or it will have just rotated. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. So what's the cube online right now is called the Legendary Cube. And every single creature in it is legendary. And that's so the main restriction. Isamaru. You Isamaru is in oh, the cube. Man. Pack one, pick one, Isamaru, Hound of Konda. Yeah. Two, two for one. You would be... Yeah, there's definitely a lot of Kamigawa cards in there in general. <laughs> yes. Because when we have a Legends Matter set, we got to make it important somewhere. But, yeah. And that's what's going on right now on MTGO. It's a very interesting sort of stipulation for a cube. Have you drafted it? I haven't. I've seen okay. it I've seen it streamed, but I haven't drafted it myself. Okay. It's an interesting environment. It's it l- sounds interesting. I I like it. I am curious what kind of like so obviously they, they don't have like legendary support instance and sorceries and enchantments. I'm curious what they chose for those slots. Yeah. The, the non creature slots basically. It's it's interesting because it gives you there's only so many legendary creatures in Magic. Yeah. So to sort of build archetypes that work around those is definitely very difficult. I know there's definitely an artifact theme in Red. Reanimator, Gorio's Revenge. A little bit. I mean, Grizzlebrand's in it. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting cube for sure. So yeah, MTGO is a very good place to draft cubes, and it's sort of become the the new home of cube drafting for many Magic players yeah. because you can't sit down and draft a legendary cube at will at your local game store, sadly. I mean, unless they, they hold one on yeah. store to do that. Which, they might. Which gets to our next point. Yeah. If, I mean, if it's something you're interested in, as usual, the best thing to do is talk to your local game store, say there's interest, and maybe start a local cube group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've held several cube events here just out of sheer interest of people building them. Yep. It was a, two weeks ago was Josh's. Yeah, that was... Two weeks ago was Josh's. I played in that. Dylan wasn't here, but I played in that. And, yeah. I, and I drafted Esper Rocks, which was basically Esper splashing green rocks for Monk, I think. Yeah. Josh's cubes are treated. It's, it's a lot like the Legendary Cube, but just light is how I feel. Yeah. Legendary I mean, Cube light. It, it definitely had the issue of... Diet. All these cards are sweet. I don't know which ones I should be taking. Yeah, which is a good problem to have. Yes. It makes... I mean, it's fun doing that. I had a, I had a blast playing as cube. Yeah. The answer, by the way, is you pick up people and you play it. There's no other answer. I, I, I texted you at the time. I, I, I floated 13, played upheaval, and then recast Frost Titan. You know my love of upheaval and how proud of you I am. That, that won the game, by the way. That card... I've said this before. That card literally says on it, restart the game, you go first... You can float any mana from your mana pool into this game for six mana. Yeah. Like, it's insane how powerful that card is. Most definitely. You can build around it and it's even more powerful, but even if you don't, just restarting the game at will. Seems okay. Seems fine. And, yeah. I think that's about... Oh, I guess we should throw out a pitch for Cube Tutor, which we talked about a little bit. I think I, you mentioned this. I don't know too much about it. It's definitely... If you're looking to start building a cube... Go to cubetutor.com. It is a wonderful resource. It lets you sort of index every card in your cube, give it a home, analyze it, show the mana curve, the colors, distributions, and things like that. It makes it just really easy to manage a cube. Like, for a while, I was, I was managing my cube 
just sort of in paper, writing a bunch of statistics down slowly. But seeing it all laid out is a great way to do it. And it gives you a way to sort of send it around to your friends or anyone interested. And the best thing to do, if you're interested in starting, to, starting a cube, is to just do it. A cube is yeah. kind of a... It's always an ongoing process, basically. You're always changing cards, adding cards, yeah. making alterations to what you want to do. You got a pile of magic cards that are just things you pulled from packs, I'm sure. Start a cube. Yeah, build a cube, get it set, yeah. and then as it goes on, as you get more cards... Move things around, yeah. see how it goes, continue to develop it. A cube, you can never really say a cube is done, done. Yeah, exactly. A personal cube is something you just kind of always build. And it, it becomes interesting with new sets coming out. It's like, now I can look at this, oh, not only how am I going to play this in standard or modern, but does this fit into my cube? Exactly. Is, yeah. And, and the, the great thing is, this, especially if you're not doing like a superpowered cube, is all the uncommons and commons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All those become super relevant when you have a cube. You're like, mm-hmm. How, is this better than what I already have in it? Do I want something that's better than does what's it, already in there? Does it fit better in this archetype that I'm trying to push for? Exactly. Yeah. So. Gives you a lot of interesting questions. So yeah, that's about all we have to say before the break. Um, I think, Jury, you're running your usual Eldrazi control deck. Tempo. Tempo control, whatever you want to Thing. call it. Sure, yeah, let's yeah. go with that. This week I'm trying out a teamer deck. We'll see. It's running, it's running three teamer charms, which should be a red flag to any deck builder at the start, but we're going to try. I, I'm, I hope to see it do well. Me too. It's, I mean, it's I'm fun. not holding my breath for teamer. It's fun. That's for, good. For a three-color planeswalker, Sargon has seen no plane standard. There has to be a home form somewhere, so I'm I mean, trying. He's a good planeswalker. He's, he's all right. He's really good. I think, honestly, the main thing I figured out is a problem with him is that the main ability is he's making a 4-4 token. Yeah. You know what eats a 4-4 token? Siege Rhino. Just uh, does, does not Rhino. measure up well yeah. at all. So, and you're paying one mana more than they're paying for their Siege Rhino, and their Siege Rhino is just instantly going to drain you. I love format warping cards. Siege Rhino, turns out, is a pretty yeah. good card. Okay. But they could have made it a 4-4. What about, oh, I'm Sage of the Inward Eye, the, the Jeskai rare. That's oh, pretty. yeah, that, I mean, that's comparable it basically drains. It's basically it's, it's, better it's than Siege Rhino. It's a flyer and you gave it life like it drains. I think it's better than Siege Rhino, we can say. Yeah, it's flying Siege Rhino. Yeah. I don't know why people aren't just playing that card. Yeah. In any case, I get to play Knuckle Monkey, or Savage Knuckle Blade, as normal people call it. So we'll see how this deck goes, and we'll, we'll grab someone to yell at them about their deck. And we'll be back in a short while. Hello and welcome back everyone to part two of the episode third of Judge and Jury. Episode the third. Sure. Part two. This is Dylan. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan. And I'm joined by Jury. Hi everyone, I'm Jury. And that's everyone here. Oh no, wait! We have a guest today, as usual. We have Joshua Dargan on the show. Say hi, Joshua. And we've brought Joshua to talk about his lovely, lovely Esper Dragons deck, because both Joshua and I topped tonight. So you could say two out of the three people on tonight's show topped the event. You could say that, yeah. I'm not going to say who the one is that didn't, but me and Josh topped. I wonder... Josh and I! No, you didn't, Connor. It was Josh. I don't know... I don't. I, can't, I, I need. A, I think mathematically, you need more information. To yeah, determine. We'll, we'll see if anyone can figure that out. All right, we, we'll have a quiz later. Okay. So, uh, I guess we can start off. The topic of tonight's show was kind of about 
getting to know us and, and about cubing a little bit. How long have you been playing Magic, Josh? Uh, since October of last year. October of last year. So what that was like. There. Like the uh, end of right before con- oh cons yeah right after, right after cons yeah good set to start with what what you what do you think of cons did you like cons um I actually wasn't there for like, pre release or anything mm-hmm. my friend just invited me right after the three mm-hmm. and I thought the game was really fun cons was interesting I mean it was. Uh, the three mana thing was a bit weird, and yeah. I didn't have the mana base yet, so like, oh yeah, uh, my colors were janky, and <laughs> yeah. weird. Being so. a, a starting Magic player and coming into the fun fetch land thing must have been a whole blast. Three color block, yeah, that necessitates having the right mana to play your spells. Yeah, definitely a more complicated block to start on. Also, more of just being inherently a little bit more complicated mechanic than. Yeah. What was your first deck? My first deck was a salt eye mill deck. Oh as, god. As everyone <laughs> everyone's first deck, the mill deck. Uh, and Phoenix and a bunch of walls. <sighs> Disgusting. And, uh, it worked about ten percent of the time. Ten <laughs> percent of the time it works a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. And then there's also an alternate wind condition where oh? you have uh, Dark Steel Citadel and oh, god. it's all artifacts. <laughs> Oh, wow. and you just swing with fives like the yeah. good old Insult Artifact deck. It was ahead of the, it was ahead of the only, time. Only the genius of a fresh Magic player could figure out the alternate win condition in your mill deck. Yes. <laughs> Which is just beat down with a 5-5 yeah. Indestructible. That's, that's fine. That's completely fine. So the major topic of tonight's show was cubing. And Jerry and I both know, because we've participated in it, but you have a cube. Yes. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a very sweet cube. Would you like to tell us about it? Give us sort of a, a short in- overview? All right. So I started making my cube right after Dylan invited me to play his cube. Why are you doing that for It was a lot of fun, and I just was like, eh, I could throw a couple of draft commons and stuff into a little cube. Exactly. And that's how I started off, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to have it peasant, commons and uncommons. And I was like, I could add, like... <laughs> Things have this, gotten a like, little bit more out of hand since this, then. This $2 card. Yeah. I can add this, like, $5 card. Oh, yeah. You know. It adds and up it quick. Went, it went from there. Yeah. It's... It definitely does add up very quickly, and before you know it, like if I had to describe your cube, I would say it's a a, a diet legacy cube. Like, yeah. Legacy cube, a little bit of diet. You're not you're missing a few things, but you're not in the power nine stage yet. Yeah, yeah, but. but you have some pretty powerful cards in there. Yeah, and it's it's a blast to play. Uh, we'll have the list posted alongside this podcast on cubetutor.com if you want to check that out. And yeah. It's, I've drafted it once and Jury's drafted it once, but we yes. haven't drafted it together. No. Our, our communal opinion, though, I think, is that Upheaval is a good magic card. I mean, I, apparently we both played Upheaval, and we both had really good results with Upheaval. Yeah, can't beat that. I drafted a, a sweet twin deck with, like, twin, Kiki-Jiki, Pestermite, Deceiver, just beautiful deck, beautiful deck. What, what did you draft when you did it, Jerry? Uh, I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, that's right, right. But it was, it was Esper Splash Green for Rocks Warmuck. Yeah. So just did, Esper Midrange, just good stuff. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Did you run Mana Rocks in that deck? Um, I had a Soul Ring. Okay. Yeah. 
Because like the Esper Rocks title could have just been perfect. Oh, it was yeah. like Esper with mana rocks and also rocks. I had just the Soul Ring. There was too many colored mana symbols for yeah. things to work out too well, but Soul Ring got it. Soul Ring's not a bad magic card. Soul Ring and Soul Ring and Skull Clamp. Skull Clamp was pack one pick one. Like it was Skull Clamp is like this is really good and it's colorless. It doesn't put me in any colors. Yeah. I'll take a Skull Clamp. You don't not run Soul Clamp. Skull Clamp got me so much value in literally every game. Every time I drew it, it was just insane. I'm running a control deck. Yeah, Skull Clamp's fine. It's just good enough. That's fine. You sort of almost threw yourself out against me yes. in the last game. Skull Clamp will make you draw a lot of cards in, in a forty card deck. Mm-hmm. And uh, that and also secure the waste with Skull Clamp. I Excellent. secure the waste. Oh. Yeah. Just Let me say the value X of that was two draws, very, instant very speed. Good. Seems so, okay. So good. Yeah. Uh, and and what do you like about cubing, Josh? Because I know you're a standard player, and as we talked about, uh, you and I both topped tonight's event. Yeah. And uh, the third who did it though. I should, we'll figure it out at some right. point. It's it's a mystery to everyone. Okay. But uh, what is it that attracts you to the cube drafting lifestyle? Um. Well, I I started out like drafting, and I've drafted about like five or six times. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like packs, standard sets, yeah, standard yeah. sets, and so I was like, drafting is probably one of the most fun parts of oh, yeah. out there, and deck making is also one of the most. Why not just combine that and have a cube? I mean, you can play with it at any time with all your friends. Yeah, it's it's a great thing to just have on you when no one's feeling like, oh, I want to play commander, oh, I want to play. Let's play something fun. Let's cube draft. Let's get into this. Uh, can you go a little, like, maybe just, like, pick one or two of your, the archetypes you kind of built into a cube that you like the most? Um, one is Reanimator, which oh, I've yeah. drafted both times that I've played my cube at Galaxy Games. Oh, that's funny. Um, Galaxy Game plug number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Reanimator is super strong in my uh, cube because there's not really much hate Whoa. that's, like, below $5 for, uh... <laughs> Yeah. So like scavenging use, you know, oh, like a that's funny. fifteen dollar card, I think. It's um, it's dodged the hate due to the priciness of scavenging yeah. use. <laughs> and then also, I don't want to make specific hate cards that don't really do anything. Oh yeah. That sit inside boards. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's I mean, a there's that that's a good design choice in my opinion. Yeah. At least give it some some oh, yeah. value other than just to be a hate card. Yeah. yeah, no rest in peace no, here. That's, no one's dropping it anyway. Oh, no first pick this rest in peace. It, so. it synergizes with my uh, <laughs> processors. Processors, yeah. Processors, yeah. Yeah, no. You want to have utility cards that are also just useful elsewise. Like a good one, I think, would be like Anafenza. Yeah, Anafenza yeah. would, would be definitely. pretty good. But, I mean, eh, to an extent, like a three color hate card is a bit rough. Yeah, but if, if it's like, very it's, narrow. He has such good mana facing his cube. That's that, true. That's like, true. Getting three colors is not a problem. Yeah. I splash for fourth color even. I had yeah. like, colored mana symbols in all my cards. Like, That's so true. Many. Yeah. So. If you prioritize getting a lot of mana rocks in mm-hmm. uh, just the lands, lands and yeah. you can build That's, like four or five colors. Yeah. That's <laughs> actually how I drafted your cube. I just drafted the, the land base and then picked up the good cards that came along with it. Yeah. And that's not a bad way to go. It keeps you open to anything good to get past. Yep. And could you tell us about one more archetype, maybe? Um, blue white opposition. Oh, disgusting! Absolutely disgusting. Um, so I'm actually not familiar with opposition. What is oh, Jerry, just stay unfamiliar. <laughs> Save yourself. Stay pure. Uh, what is what is opposition? Opposition is basically uh, four mana blue, uh, two blue, two colorless. Uh, 
enchantment that basically says whenever you tap a creature, you can tap target artifact creature or land. Or land. Oh, that one. And okay. then you can just lock your opponent yeah. out of the game. Nice. Way. So makes everything both a creature answer and a Rashad import. That yep. seems pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. That, Building a ton of tokens with that can be quite broken. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta, like, gotta get that secure the waste. Yeah, like oh, opposition man. into turn five, secure the waste for four. Okay, I'll keep all of your creatures yeah. permanently dealt with, and also all of your extra mana. Gotcha. What a what a fun amazing <laughs> deck. But yeah, it's it's definitely an archetype I enjoy, and I like having something like that in the cube, the sort of control lockout deck. It's it's hard to build those things without making them too powerful, but opposition's definitely. An archetype that lends itself to being answered with things like creature and enchantment removal. Yeah, you definitely need to get some sort of token makers too. And I've seen it super late in the draft, and you can't really pick it up at that point. You just need oh, yeah. the, the token shell already uh, with it in order to make it a super effective deck. No one's taking it as their first pick out of their third pack. Yeah, it's a bit awkward there. Yeah. I like that it's a build around me, but like not a build around me that you take. Early. Exactly. A, I built this deck, and then this really, really good card for the deck just came by. Yeah. And it's something that you will see table, even though it is powerful, which makes it an interesting card. Mm-hmm. Well, alrighty. I think that is it for today. I think so, yeah. We have a solid ten minutes on there. Um, we, we, t- we had a long first section. Yeah, it was, that was long a hearty first section. So, there was even more we could yeah, talk we, about. We cut out a decent amount. So Yeah, but uh, thank you everyone for listening. This is our third episode. We're still kind of learning how to do this. We're, we're getting in a better groove, though, I think. And uh, you can, I guess it, they'll be weekly posted at this point. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, so tune in next week for a new episode of Judge and Jury. As always, I'm Judge. I'm Jury. I'm Judge. Thank you, Josh. (laughs) Dang it, Josh! (laughs)